Putting things out into the world right now feels strange. I thought about not releasing a podcast this week and sort of regretted it last week considering the state of things right now. But my aim for this whole podcast was to help creatives in this industry, much like myself, who have found themselves jobless. Whether that be through finding somebody who's doing something interesting and giving them a spotlight or speaking to experts like I am today uh, to help those creatives find their next job. And I want to fulfill that purpose because that issue still exists. To those protesting peacefully right now, thank you. Black Lives Matter. Stay safe. I'm Aaron Cathy, and it's day 10,473 of quarantine. And this is Creatives in Quarantine a DIY podcast about what people in advertising are doing while locked up during these unrelenting and often seemingly apocalyptic times. This week, I'm talking to Camilla Chiapina. She's an art director and the creator of Pimp My Portfolio. If you've ever looked at your portfolio and felt like something needed to change, but you weren't really sure what to do, she's the woman to call or email. For a few years, Camilla has helped everyone from young creatives just getting into the game to ECDs. I caught up with Camilla while she was back home in Brazil. I asked her about tips for young creatives starting out, some portfolio do's and don'ts, the future of books, and then we just kind of nerd out on advertising, which is kind of fun. So this is me talking with Camilla Chiapina in quarantine. All right, Camilla, thanks, thanks for joining me. No, thank you for having me. So I like to uh, start these interviews off with a question that I think is the, the worst question that you can ask someone in quarantine, but uh, it's just, uh, how's your quarantine been? It's been great, actually, because I left New York to be with my family, so I'd only see them like once a year. So I flew here to Brazil, and I got to be with my two dogs. I got to eat my mom's food. So for me, quarantine is being great so far. <laughs> what are your dog's names? Muffin and Brownie. Muffin they're and the Brownie. Love of my life. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't they're take the them back with you. No, they're the family dog. My mom needs them here, so I'll keep them here. Okay. But they visit right. me in New York, so it's fine. <laughs> okay. So, and you're still able to you're still able to work and work remotely from Brazil, and that's that's yeah. got to be nice, right? It's just like an hour time zone, so I get to manage work quite nicely. Mm-hmm. It's just sometimes like brainstorming session doesn't go that well because it's, it's I think I like to work like face to face. So I'm still like readapting to that. Yeah. I, as a creative, I like to be in the office. Yeah. I'm not that very productive at home because from home for me is my freelance stuff. Yeah. So for me, I'm still like having trouble managing that, but so far so good. Yeah. I, I feel like, you know, having to concept with a partner through zoom for me, kind of has feels feels like it's been like we get locked in more like there's oh, less really? less good. distractions oh uh, yeah but i notice in meetings where there are multiple people that like no one is there in the meeting no, everyone, everyone is, is like replying emails over. or just checking their phones or yeah. they have the awkward pause like you never know who's gonna talk and then you talk and it's yes. awkward yeah. i'm still like not gonna like that for a while now yeah so Talk a little bit about yourself. You're an art director by trade. You're working in New York. 
you know, how did you yeah. get into being an art director and doing what you're doing? I started like I went to college here in Brazil, Sao Paulo, and then I was like internshiping in the marketing. So I was like, oh, I'm going to work in big companies. And I was like, mm, I didn't like that at all. That wasn't for me. I was doing like Excel sheets and stuff. It was very bad. And then I left the intern, the internship and then I decided to come up with, I always love art direction. I did graphic design school at the same time I was doing a uh, creative school. And then when I left uh, my like college, I was able to find an art assistant job at Havas in Sao Paulo. So I was literally just comping stuff like image search for people like whatever the cd told me i was like i'll do it mm -hmm. so it was like very low-key work and then i like showing my portfolio around this guy from david sao paulo he hit me up on linkedin he was like do you want me to see your portfolio come on by and i was like okay i went there like i print out the portfolio i don't know why i did that like 2014 people already had portfolios right yeah. but i wanted to print mine because i saw like mad men i was like i'll do it so I went with my portfolio and the guy just trashed me. Like he destroyed my work. And I was like, damn, I'm doing everything wrong. It's like my first job interview and stuff. Like I was an art assistant, but my portfolio was like school. So the guy was like, if I were you, I would start from the beginning. I would just let it go of like being a creative. And then I decided that like, no, I'm not going to follow his steps. I'm not going to do whatever he says. So I started Miami at school. And that's how I reinvented myself. I was able to study more, like I understood a, a lot of creati creativity and I met amazing people. So I think I got that adrenaline rush of being a creative was when I entered Miami at school. And then from there, I internship at, I, I work as a junior director at BBDO here in Brazil. I did uh, uh, DDB here in Brazil too. And then I internship in New York mm -hmm. at JWT for Miami at school. And then I fell in love with the city. So it was my call. <laughs> Yeah, so New York is... I worked is, a lot around here until I get the notion, like, maybe pursuits too much for me. Like, they love working till like, late hours. They have, like, three hours lunch. So I was like, let me check New York out, because everybody says so many good things about New York. So I decided to internship there, and then I fell in love with the city. The uh, the hours are kind of crazy in New York, too, though, right? It's like everybody's it waiting for the trains. though. Yeah. It okay. is, like, not like Brazil crazy. Like, here we go, like, 4 a.m. In New York's like 10, 11. For me, that's uh, fine. Yeah. But it was wild. Was yeah, crazy. that's normal. So like when did, when did, um, when did Pet My Portfolio like fall in your lap? Like where did that come from? It come, it was like, I always studied. So I like to study advertising, not through Adweek or like mediums like that. I like to study advertising with portfolios. So like if I like that agency, I was looking whoever worked there and I was studying advertising through their work on portfolios. Mm -hmm. So I always fell in love with websites and the way they were like storytelling because I think every website has a personality and portfolios is definitely that. So when I was in school, in Miami at school, all my friends were like, oh, do you remember this work? And I was like, oh yeah, isn't this guy portfolio? And everyone was like, Mila, you know all the websites. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, I like it. So they were like, you should do something about it. And I was like, hmm, maybe I should. So I started as Pin My Pasta because pasta in Portuguese is portfolio. Oh really? Then, yeah, it is. Okay. okay. It's not like Italian pasta, but like in Portuguese, like it's oh, like in Portuguese, yeah, yeah. Okay. So pasta is like book in okay. English. So like pin my pasta, like gonna be Brazilian stuff. Like nobody's gonna care out there. So I decided to do like just helping friends out. It wasn't a business. It was never intended to be a business back then. 
And then when I moved to New York, I didn't have a visa. I had a work visa, but nobody understood how I got my work visa, so I wasn't able to find a job. It was like a mess for my life. 2017 was wild. So I moved to New York like in April with the visa, but no work. I was literally, I was living in a church, crazy times too. Living in a church in the middle of Times Square was the highlight of my life. I have stories to share. And then with the visa and no like work, PIM became my business because I need to have money. Mm-hmm. And I was like showing my portfolio around a lot. I was like gathering feedbacks from recruiters. So I decided to apply that on PIM my portfolio. So PIM my pasta became PIM my portfolio. I was like working on the agent on like Starbucks was my office and the church was my house. And then PIMP became my business because I saw that in New York there was a need for portfolio. Like a lot of recruiters had so many things to say about portfolios. And I was like, hmm, maybe I should try bringing my portfolio here. And then I did a one post on LinkedIn and I ended up getting like almost 30 requests. So like one post was enough. So I definitely saw a market there. So mm-hmm. PIMP became international two years ago. <laughs> it was just a personal project and I never thought people would have like um, I never thought people give me their passwords to their website for me to work. Yeah. You know, it was a lot of responsibility. And I was like a junior art director at, back then. And I was like, C- like CDs were asking me to pimp their portfolios. And it was like a lot for me. Yeah. So thank God, like everything was okay. I used like feedbacks from recruiters. I gathered throughout my portfolio showings and reviews and I applied to my clients. So that's how pimp was born. Like, are there, are there certain things that you're looking for in a portfolio, like very basic things that you're looking for rules that you kind of follow? Um, yeah. anything like that? I mean, easy navigation for me is a must in every portfolio. So every time I access a website, I make sure like it's easy to navigate. Cause let's be honest, sometimes recruiters, they don't have the time. So it needs to be quick for them to visualize the website. So sometimes I get portfolios from designers that they like to hide the about page so they make you chase through stuff on the page so that's not easy navigation so you're going to lose the recruiter right away so for me that's the main thing i always check on the portfolio and if it's also mobile friendly because now like almost like 60 percent of websites even portfolios are checked via mobile because they're always on the go so for me that's the main thing i check on a portfolio and also if it tells a story, because sometimes people think their work needs to speak for themselves for itself. They're not wrong, but like an overall presentation always makes it better. Mm-hmm. So like if I'm an art director and I check an art director's portfolio and I only see like he puts like he didn't even like they didn't even format it the page nicely, he just put it out there. Like the images is bigger than the videos. Like for me, that tells a lot about the person. So that's a whole part of a whole package. So that's what I look to see in portfolios. I'm very annoying with it. I make sure I click all the links, make sure everything is open. Like I'm very annoying. (laughs) Well, I feel like that's kind of important that someone is doing that because as someone who's, you know, I've, I've, uh, shopped my book around to places and I, you know, and you get analytics on stuff. You can see who's looking at yeah, what and sure. no one's even making it through all of the work. I okay, think it's always disappointing when you see that they stop there and I was like, why didn't you continue? <laughs> yeah. Like go, go on. Yeah. It's, so it, it's been, it's weird. So like recently 
on LinkedIn, I put out a call before I, I put out a call to students or to, to people, to young people who had just been laid off. And I was like, I, you know, I'll, I'll look at your book. Cause I just like to look at books and I like to talk about yeah. advertising for free. That's partly yeah, why we're doing this. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and it was amazing to see, you know, it, I got creative directors who were like, I need, you know, asking me to look at it. It was, it is really interesting how it almost feels like people there's so much information going around that people almost feel like a little insecure. Yeah, for sure. I, even I even they have, shouldn't. They shouldn't, you know, like, I don't, I don't know. Like I do that myself too. Sometimes I, I'm not looking for a job, but I just like getting feedbacks. So I send my portfolio out and sometimes I even get nervous because like, come on, like you're pimping my portfolio. Like your portfolio needs to be pimped up. <laughs> so yeah. I myself put pressure on you, but weird as it is like i do cco's portfolio and that for me is like a very big responsibility because they're come on they're cco you know? yeah yes. like and i'm like i'm middle, i'm like a senior you know so i get i get so nervous when i see those kind of requests but it makes me feel more like comfortable because if the cco is pimping a portfolio it's not easy it's not even easy for him so mm -hmm. it's kind of like reassuring that we're all same you know like we're, all creative we're all on the same boat even for them it's not easy it's not even easier for me so i that's kind of interesting when i see like all levels of people like looking for me and i was like oh interesting yeah to see how the market is i wish that i was i wish that i had the for the forethought to ask people a few questions to for me to ask you because of those students that i just spoke with you know, in the last few weeks, but um, I'll, I'll ask you a few questions that they constantly were asking. Yeah. And it's about, you know, how deep do you go in setting up your work? You know, in some cases they have insight and idea, you know, do they set up the problem? Like how yeah. it's a fine line. It's like a tightrope walk uh, for explaining and setting up the work. Yeah. yeah. Because like they usually, I see like inside background, results like if you're a student you probably didn't have results so i'll definitely cut those out like you want to be they understand it's back work so they're not expecting a result so i'll definitely cut that down but i'll just try to be like the work needs to speak for itself yes so i'll try to minimize like the amount of work like i would just put insight and then like how you came up with that mm -hmm. like pretty sure like two paragraphs is enough I wouldn't put all the other information because like honestly recruiters they don't read that they told myself that is like i don't i skip oh like the work if i don't understand the work so something's wrong so i don't need to read it to understand the work so that's why i always try to tell the students is like go after feedback and then you try to cut down words like just try to be simple it's like project description this is the problem we had. This is what we came up with. And then you introduce the work. But I would definitely reduce that huge block of copy because students usually do that a lot mm -hmm. and they don't read it. Like recruiters, they don't even have the time to check case studies. Yeah. So I would definitely not go long on the descriptions and let the work speak for itself. Even if they do like a board, like an image and then like, explaining a little bit of what it is like Brazilians love doing that like in Miami at school I learned that since they wanted like do a board 
So like that's how you can like simplify it, how you explain the story. So I think that's a nice way in. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't ex- spend time doing case study either if I'm a student. Yeah. I just focus on the main things. With uh, with showcasing your work for you know in the case of a student, you know they don't have the means to create you know, spots and things like that. So a lot of times I was seeing like spots that weren't up to snuff to be able to get, you know, get the idea across or just a script. So, you know, any recommendation on that for students? I see that a lot. So I talked to a recruiter and she said that, so I talked with recruiters and they said they don't, they don't mind seeing like scripts, but that's not ideal. And they understand that you don't have like, you're not a, director you don't produce stuff so they do understand that but i would avoid putting that on a portfolio like if you have other work like digital stuff like activations and stunts and prints i'll focus on that but like if this is something you really like i'll put at least a storyboard if you can illustrate that's better and when they can visually like visualize the things but i would try to avoid like the recruiters said that they don't mind but they don't also love it yeah so i was like okay that does that, that answer doesn't help me but yeah and it's tough to be a student and well it, it is it's crazy i mean if you're a writer in one case you know it's i think i you know as a writer it was so difficult to even i didn't go to a portfolio school so it was extremely difficult to get my book off the ground and i just got really really lucky you know um but i see you know having having talked to a lot of kids through quarantine who you know are trying to spend this time to build their book it's been very difficult on them because they don't you know if they haven't gone to a portfolio school they just don't have the means to develop it and you know you would you would hope that like a creative director or a recruiter I mean specifically a creative director would spend more time on a student's book looking through it and trying to find those those little moments where you're like okay they get it you know sure but instead they don't go of, easy on them. No, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, and I, I don't think they need, like, need to go easy. I think yeah. they'd, like, need to just, like, it's almost like you're, you got to realize, like, the, the diamond isn't polished and, like, you exactly. got to actually go, do yeah. some work, you know. For sure. But it, one thing I always tell the students, like, if they use, like, the awards brief, they can build a portfolio with the awards brief. That's uh-huh. fine, but like everybody else will have the same portfolio. So I always say like, or you can come up with a, so like find something and you create your own brief or they can come up with per- personal projects. For me, like if, I ha- if I'm ever in a hiring position, I'll definitely hire someone that has a personal project, like a really good one yeah. because like it sells yourself as a whole package because like you executed everything, you created everything. Like it's, it's a, something that you're passionate about. So for me, personal project, it's a win, win situation on a student portfolio. I don't see that often. Yeah. Like years ago, I, I used to see that a lot. Like I don't see it. Like it doesn't need to be related to advertising. Like pay my portfolio is advertising. It was a personal project, but it doesn't need to be like, there's everybody loves something. Mm-hmm. You just have to like try to use it. Like one time a student told me, oh, but I don't have the time. And I was like, I understand. But like, like if you dedicate half hour of your day to something that you like, it can definitely become something big. That's how I see it. Like, pimp, it's exhausting. 
Like I work two full-time jobs with Pimp, but it's something that I'm proud of and it's something that it can, it can have potential to become a, like an agency someday, like who, who knows. Yeah. But if, if you have something that you're passionate about, I'll definitely invest my time. Like time is what we have now. And then when the market gets ready after COVID, hopefully a lot of jobs will open. So I think students should definitely try to focus on personal projects right now and then get their the recruiter's attention, like creative's attention right now. It doesn't need to be COVID-related personal projects, but just something. You know, I'll definitely invest my time on that. Yeah. And so this is the last question for students. Um, and then we can get on to other things. But so how many pieces do you think should be in a student's book? Ooh. I mean, students like six. That's okay. a good number because... Sometimes I see students that they just add fillers. Yeah. I wouldn't add fillers. Like if you're not, if you don't like the work, don't put it there. Like recruiters will know the way you treat it on the project page. I see that sometimes like the ones they love, they have a description and the ones they hate, they just put it there, you know? So people will know. I think six is a good number. It shows a set of skills, yeah. but don't go more than that. That's for sure. Yeah. So, and kind of what I hear, you say is like, especially during this time in quarantine for a student, this is the time to be prolific. This is the time to sort of really buckle down and, and yeah. work on that side project or, you know, try to like to get your own briefs. Do you, you know, when you talk to students, do you provide them, do you give them briefs? Like, no. So you know what? Like I avoid seeing people's work okay. because I'm also creative yeah. and I get briefs too. And then sometimes I can I can come up with an idea of like that idea I think I saw somewhere. Oh. So I'm trying to avoid because <laughs> like I see a lot of portfolios a day. So if I stop and see like everyone's work, yeah. So I I, I try to separate pimp just for like portfolio presentation, but I always give them one brief is come up with a personal project. That's something I like. I usually I, I give I teach classes for like twelve students. 12 students, nobody has one personal project. So yeah. I always give them like one task, come up with a personal project and nobody never comes back to me with one. Yeah. I was like, come on people. I mean, Just it's, it's scary. Idea. It's scary. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I kind of understand that because I mean, that's why this podcast was started because I wanted to walk out of this thing with some, with something yeah. made and I could, and it, it wasn't, it's not the creation of something like, it's it's coming up with a thing to create, you know. I think that's the hardest part. And I mean, like you're helping a lot of people out, so I think that's amazing. So you're already living with something for sure. Oh, that's very kind. Um, do you think? You know, what are some themes that you've kind of seen in in books in recent times? You know that um, mm, that yeah. you're like definitely don't do that. But usually people like to put just the brand logo on the portfolio. So that's yeah. okay. But like a lot of students do that. Yeah. So if you're like a higher level, I'll definitely step away from that. Or people like to put the office gifts as thumbnails. That's, yeah. a, that's a no-no. Like if you have a theme, it's fine. But like, it's no-no. Oh, it's like gifts of the show, The Office? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> instead of like, oh, I did a work. They find, they like they find a like a gift related to McDonald's, let's say, about the office, and they put it on their portfolio. I would avoid oh that. God. I would just try to be more like 
it's your personality. Maybe the office is more you, but I'll try to make something out of like elsewhere, but not on your portfolios. But people yeah. do use GIFs a lot, but they I, don't do their own GIFs. Yeah. I actually, I spoke with a recruiter a few weeks ago and he was like, this is a hot tip. He's like, if you can make a GIF in your keyframe, people will click into it more. And actually, yeah. um, I did in some cases where it was applicable. And it actually kind of works. Like, it works. It adds a little I tested on me too. But like, I tested on my own portfolio because it makes people want to click it. Yeah. Because like, if it's static, it's like, oh. But then if it's like, if you, if you snap the right frame, boy, people can click it. Yeah. But just don't go hectic on the GIFs too, because sometimes like when you open the website, it's like GIF, GIF, it's a lot of information. Yep. So just try to be like, maybe I should like balance with static and GIFs. Because I've seen a portfolio, like the person had like 33 projects. The 33 projects had GIFs. And it was like small squares. My <laughs> eyes were like, I'm going to have a seizure. <laughs> yeah. It was too much for me. I couldn't. I had my, to turn it off. My brain is going to explode. Um, like, Jesus, no. <laughs> it's too much. Um, so how have, well, here's a, here's a question. You know, we're talking about books as they as they are today. You know, with your experience and and the amount of books that you've taken in, you know, where do you kind of see like the future of showcasing work? Like, is it going to be on a site still? Like, I think know. it's still going to be on a site. I I hope so because I don't know where else you're going to put a portfolio. To be honest, yeah, I really don't know, but I really think that it's going to be more mobile rather than desktop. That's my, that's my gut. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, def, I hope websites are still live. <laughs> like from two years from now, five years from now, I think website will still be like desktop, but I think people should focus definitely more on mobile. Okay. Because I don't see people focusing on mobile. So I hope like every time I open a website, I'm a dead annoying person. I open the website on mobile first and everything's cropped. Or they, they forgot about the mobile situation. So the logo is a different, like very tiny. So I'll definitely consider building website mobile first and then jump to desktop. And all the platforms offers that. Mm-hmm. All the platforms are very responsive. So it's very easy to build a mobile website. So I'll definitely see the future being mobile. But I don't know. That's a good question. Like, I don't know. I hope websites do a thing. Otherwise, people die. No, I'll just have to reinvent. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It <laughs> there just, go. it just. I mean, it's all. It's still looking at books and pimping books. That book just so, might be in the form of like augmented reality or something. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. Like you go inside my campaign. That would yeah, be fun. Yeah. Oh, uh, that would be hard. You know, I was kind of. I mean, I guess I was just thinking, because it's so difficult to get someone to look to do the diligence that needs to be done to look at your work. You know, is it going to become just making short little uh, choppy case study videos to get people yeah. in and out of it, you know? It's exhausting. What do you think the most important thing that someone in advertising who's just been laid off? Like, so let's say you're a mid-level copywriter and uh, you don't know what to do. You know, what, what, what would you, you know, what's someone in that situation? What, what should they be doing right now? First of all, I wouldn't... I wouldn't be feeling guilty like I like it's not your fault 
like it's something that unfortunately it wasn't you or your work you know like i just don't want people to feel bad about that like like blaming them it's not their fault i just want to make sure people know that because it's something that we don't have control but i'll definitely go after feedback because i will build a network that's what I, that's what i did when i didn't have a job i was like contact people you know maybe they can recommend you like to somebody else or like use linkedin like every person now is using linkedin like everyone is there so for now like whenever the market is ready if you build a good networking they will remember you like if you cost a good impression or if you like we're thoughtful enough like hey do you mind scheduling a one-on-one with me and then whenever the market is ready i'm pretty sure people will contact them like a lot of people were affected by it so i'll definitely try to leave my mark there mm-hmm. like reach to recruiters reach out to creatives reach out to anybody just show your portfolio online participate on portfolio reviews like it's the work is not the problem is the fires so what i would do is like go after feedback and build your networking yeah because i think that's the only thing we can we have control right now yeah. it's on ourselves so i'll definitely do that go after feedback listen to the feedback take yeah. action against the feedback that's and the only thing we have control yeah you know yeah. So. And, and pimp your portfolio hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right camilla thank you so much i Never. really appreciate thank all you. you do and um thank you for coming on thank you for having me it was really nice all right that's it check out pimpmyportfolio.com and if you're doing something creative during quarantine hit me up at aaronkathy808 at gmail.com thank you thank you thank you for listening wear a mask okay thanks bye